You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I've been pleased with the guys coming out and their approach and uh, going out there and leaving it all out on the floor. Tonight, that wasn't the case. And I I feel sick about it in our home building with an unbelievable crowd uh, to go out there and have that type of thing happen. And you got to find a way to compete for 40 minutes. And, you know, we did for the first 20 and then second half to see the head hanging. And I'm battling frustration with the guys. There's no question about that. Uh, with everything we're going through with the losing streak. Uh, but it's no excuse to not go out there and play your ass off and compete uh, all the way to the final buzzer, whether things are going great or things are, are, are you're struggling out there. It's got to be a consistent effort uh, every time we take the floor for 40 minutes. And it was not, that was not the case tonight. And we're back here on the Husker Alliance Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett on this National Signing Day uh, special edition here as a very quiet signing day. So uh, we did give Robin some time as we're going to talk some Nebraska basketball. And uh, it was not a very kind January to the Huskers. And it started off February 1 uh, the same way as Nebraska fell to a very good Penn State team, 76-64. to Now the Huskers are on their, quote, bye week, Robin. Uh, they travel out to Iowa uh, to, to, I'm guessing, play a Hawkeye team that's very, very motivated to play Nebraska after the Huskers knocked them off um, in Lincoln before having to go out to Maryland, um, who may be the best team right now in the Big Ten or one of the best teams. So, um it, we have the same conversation every week. It's just not easy. And last Saturday night's performance, coupled with now a trip to Iowa, um, this is a really, really tough stretch for Nebraska. Yeah, I think from now on, it doesn't really matter about the opponent. What matters right now over these next 10 games or whatever uh, is what goes on inside Nebraska's locker room and what goes on between the ears of each guy that steps on the floor uh, for these remaining games. What we saw in the second half of that Penn State game was probably the most concerning 20 minutes that we've seen I mean, maybe all season, uh, just because it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose that way, where the first hit of adversity sets in and you put your head down, slump your shoulders and say, oh, here we go again and start throwing a pity party and act like you don't want to be there. And that is exactly why Fred Hoiberg was as visibly upset and critical of that loss in particular compared to really any of the others. I mean, just go back to, you know, the Rutgers loss. I mean, the same result, but Nebraska fought. Nebraska looked like they wanted to be there and they were giving everything they had to try and win that game. And as a result, it came down to, you know, the the game being in the balance in the final seconds. Well, Penn State, you know, they're within five points at halftime. They played a, a good 20 minutes. Penn State, obviously they're very good and they hit some threes to, to have a lead. But when they went on an 8-0 run to start the second half, Nebraska just completely lost it. And they, they basically gave that and threw in the towel. And uh, the guys acted like they didn't want to be there. Um, the body, body language was terrible from top to bottom outside of maybe Charlie Easley and a call of rope. Uh, but really, it was just one of the most uh, disappointing efforts that we've seen. And, you know, there's been a lot of them, but I think this one t- kind of was the icing on the cake because of where it is in the season the fact that they've lost seven in a row and you can tell that this is starting to uh, really wear on these guys and how they respond during this week off uh, you know coming into Iowa I think will ultimately determine what the rest of the season looks like if it's going to be uh, an improvement where guys are still trying hard and fighting and trying to salvage some momentum going to next year, or does it completely blow up in their face and you're essentially starting from square one and over the offseason? You're listening here to the Husker Alliance Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washhead as we talk Nebraska basketball. And Robin, 
Cam Mack um, shows up late to a film session. Uh, I think I heard three minutes late, which obviously is late. And Fred Hoiberg suspends him or, you know, benches him to start that game. And um, I mean, that, that this late in the year, it just felt like Cam Mack had really turned a corner. Do you look at this as just uh, a misunderstanding or, you know, a one time thing or um, is, is this much bigger to you that, you know, he pulled a shenanigan like this before a conference home game? Well, you know, it's hard to be overly critical because, I mean, it's three minutes late for a film session, which in, you know, an individual sense could be a whole lot worse compared to what other guys do you know, around the country. If you're but, any later, though, you may not play at all in the game. But here's the deal. This is the third time that's happened. It's the third time he's been uh, removed from a starting lineup this season. Uh, and you know, here we are into February, and those types of things are still happening. And maybe that's the one good thing about what this season is right now is the fact that um, there is zero consequence to making a statement move like that if you're Fred Hoiberg. I mean, Cam Mack is far and away your best player. You will not win if he's not on the floor and playing well. But you know what? The bigger, uh, the more important thing is establishing that culture and establishing a, uh, a level of expectation that guys need to live up to on and off the floor. And even if it is just three minutes late, maybe you hit a couple stoplights because you were running a little bit late and you know, you're just a couple minutes late you're still late. And the expectation is you need to be on time for everything. And it doesn't matter if you're uh, a freshman walk-on or the star point guard, uh, there will be consequences. And credit Fred for uh, putting his foot down and establishing uh, culture. Yeah, that culture. I mean, that's what the season, I mean, the wins are obviously the season is uh, basically a disaster in every sense as far as that goes, but you can do so much productive things in that regard by you know establishing those types of things and holding guys accountable regardless of their status on the team and you know cam max a perfect example of that that um you know you're you've basically uh, got three strikes now and uh it doesn't matter how good you are or what it does to our chances of winning uh, there will be a price if you don't do what's expected of you hey robin when i told you if i told you when charlie easley walked on to nebraska when we talked about it in the spring, that he'd be starting a Big Ten game for Nebraska in February, um, and I bet you a hundred bucks. Would you have taken the bet? Yes, yes, I would. Because you know, playing is one thing, starting is another thing. But Charlie Easley is the perfect example of you know the other side of what we're talking about with Cam Mack or any of those guys that you know have had issues. Charlie Easley brings it every single day, and he's not the most talented player on the team. He's the, not the biggest guy by any stretch. But you know what? He busts his ass, and he brings it every single day, and he know he does what Fred Hoiberg asks of him. And if you do that every single practice, every single game, you will be rewarded for it. And Charlie earned a scholarship. He earned playing time, and he earned a start as a guy that you know no one really even thought about uh, when this whole uh, roster revamp happened. And so you know Charlie Easley is the guy that you point to when you say, "Look at Charlie." Do what he does. Do what he does in the weight room. Do what he does in the classroom. Do what he does in meetings and practice and in games, and you will be good. You will succeed. And so, it, you know, it's a freshman walk-on, well, former walk-on, but, I mean, that's the type of guy that, you know, we talk about building culture is the epitome of what you want as far as an example for the to take the lead for everybody else to follow. And there's a notion of people on our board particularly that just think that, the, oh, this is a feel-good one-semester deal um, once more recruits get here, once more guys are eligible to play because they're sitting out this year, that he's not even going to be a factor. I mean, do you buy that? I mean, do you think those other guys are all going to jump him, or do you do you see him being 
um, a factor down the road. Well, I mean, on paper, he's not going to be the most talented player, and he's not probably even going to be in the top seven or eight of that regard. It's just the way it he is. He wasn't on the top seven or eight this year. That's exactly my point. You know, it, it, it's one thing to be talented. It's another thing to do what you're supposed to do. And Charlie Easley is going to do what he's supposed to do, and he's going to continue to work harder than anybody else in the room to get better. And, you know, we'll see how far that takes him. But uh, if he continues to do that throughout the course of his career, like I said, there there will be rewards for that. And he will have an opportunity to continue to show what he can do. Now, grand scheme of things, if you're Nebraska, you know, you hope to have NBA level players uh, that are leading the charge there. But, you know, again, as we've seen, uh, guys can have much higher recruiting profiles that don't turn out because they don't put in the work that a guy like Charles easily does. Well, it's Nebraska and Iowa. It's a five o'clock game on the BTN in Iowa City. Robin will be out there. Um, enjoying his time in Iowa City, I'm sure. Um, getting some good pizza at Wigan Pin or one of the many. What's your? You got a? You got a food agenda stop? I know you're going to go out there a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Um, meeting up with my old man, and uh, he's got some restaurant I've never heard of before. So he's he's a Iowa native. So uh, he's going to be the tour guide there. But um, you know, we, we don't get to hang out in Iowa City very much because every time we go out there, for everything's football, closed. And every time I go out there for basketball, it's a massive snowstorm that you know you're basically lucky to even get into town. So hopefully the weather holds up and uh, get to we did. <laughs> experience the other side. We've enjoyed bit. the hotel bar a lot yes, over the years. exactly. There. I know the Coralville Marriott bar very well. Sean, I remember Sean Eichhorst was even drinking in that bar, and he, he was masking his drink in a Starbucks cup. Remember that? <laughs> he didn't want to let people know he was drinking, it, and he had, he had uh, a Starbucks cup. That's the most Eichhorst story ever. Yeah, so that was always a good one. But anyway, we will take your questions in the mailbag next. Grace Harmon. Um, is going to join us here in studio. Uh, You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.